Who never do for do? Yeah, wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch, and I am so glad to be uh, back with you. We took a little bit of a break for the last couple of weeks, but hey, I'm half vaccinated and I'm ready to party. (laughs) Um, Me too. (laughs) Are you half vaxxed? I'm half vaxxed as well. Yes. I love it. You guys, I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast today a a very talented comedian, hilarious guy, and a good friend of mine, Miles Weber. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I told you, Miles, I'm a little hungover. (laughs) Yes, good for you. That's okay. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, what? No, no. You lived. No, you lived your life last night. That's all that means. I did. I. I went to an open mic. <laughs> yes. But I was like, you know what? I Hey, I just recorded Dry Bar. I was like, I got to work on some new jokes. Yeah. So I'm trying to get out there and hustle. So uh, speaking of Dry Bar, congratulations. Yours uh, dropped not that long ago. It's been pretty successful. Thanks. Yeah, it's been going pretty good. It's been nice. It was a long time coming. I recorded it back at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then because of the pandemic, it just kept getting pushed back. But then finally... Dropped in November and since then it's been doing good and it's got me a pretty decent following. And so, yeah, it's great. And I'm excited that you got one too. Ah! Man, that's why I was, I was so stoked for you when you said that you got it. And I'm like, perfect, beautiful, awesome. It's going to do wonders for you. It's going to be great. Oh, thank you so much. I am excited and nervous and scared and I appreciate all the advice. I, I'm just crossing my fingers. I'm like, I hope it was good. I, like, I, I had um, a lot of some of my jokes and a lot of the practice was is in the pandemic and mm-hmm. it was filmed in the pandemic. So I, it's a different kind of situation, but I hope it comes out good. Um, we'll, we'll see. Oh, it's going to come out great. They know what they're doing over there with all Thank of that. You. Yeah, it's, it's going to come out great. So Miles, for my listeners, um, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Who are you? What makes you so special? Yes. What makes me <laughs> as me as a straight white American male? What makes me so special? special, Not entitled. (laughs) Oh, okay. I have a hard time separating the two, right? Um, uh, Yeah, I've been doing stand-up comedy for 13 years now. Uh, So I started when I was 12. Uh, I'm like, goodness. Uh, Yeah, I was 19. I was 19 when I started. Um, And I started in Northern California. And uh, yeah. It's it's been fun. I just I just pissed away my 20s doing tons of stand up, man. Just like while everybody else well, that I was friends with was out like partying and going to college and doing stuff like that. I was in like 12 hour road trips with comics that are like in their 40s and they're just telling me all the ins and outs of comedy and life and then intermittent talking about chicks that they banged on the road like oh my god <laughs> yeah you know how it is with those old guys so it's just so yeah that was that was just my 20s and so yeah i dedicated a lot of my life to just doing stand-up man and telling jokes i've, I've been obsessed with stand-up uh, my whole life since i was a kid so uh, i'm definitely doing what i feel like I, I need to be doing with my life that is amazing um i Gosh, I love it. Anytime I hear somebody like, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And what a great, like, that was like your degree or your undergrad in stand up with those road trips. 
It is, isn't it? That's kind of like the the badge of honor and and your own like school of life as as it were. Because yeah, man, because I, I did do stuff in college. I just never got a degree, but I took stuff that I was like, oh, this is gonna help my stand up. So I took like four or five. In- I was really close to getting an English degree. Yeah. I took a lot of English classes, like four or five English classes, and then creative writing, debate, uh, human psychology public speaking, just all these things. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's going to help. That's going to help. Uh, yeah, man. And and then after that, I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm going to be fine now. And then I just hit the ground running doing standup. And right. so, yeah, really just getting, getting those reps in. Cause it's, it's fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different puzzle every single time. Every you're, you're never going to get the same group of people in that exact way ever again every show you ever do it's never going to be like that again so it's a brand new puzzle every single time and so i appreciate the puzzle of it and just making people happy i i, I like the uh I, I like to say the emotional gamblers of entertainers that's kind of what we are you know we're kind of betting <clears throat> hey you come in here for an hour and let me talk to you i bet you i forget all that bullshit that's going on out there <laughs> it's a it's a bet and they'll be like all right here's my money I'll take that bet. And, and it's our job then to deliver. And so, yeah, I, I love all those aspects of it, how it's ever evolving. You're never done with it. It's endless. Stand up is something you can never finish. We'll, we'll never beat the game because right now you're in a position where you just recorded this dry bar special. But if you're like me, then you might be like, oh, that material's burned now. I don't want to do it anymore. I need to, like you said, go to the open mic and work out new stuff. And so you never, it's a beast you never beat. And I, and I love that about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, what a great way to put it. Like it's a different puzzle every time somebody keeps taking out one piece. <laughs> like, it's so different. Even if you had the same group, I think if you had the exact same group of people to come see you twice, I think they're still different because how was their day? Maybe they're not in as good of mood. Maybe they're a little more tired today or whatever the situation is. So you don't even know how that group is going to be depending on what day of the week it is. And what. so, yeah, it's never the same. No matter how much you try to replicate it, you'll never get the same look. That's what keeps us like chasing it too. It's like, it feels like a weird addiction. Um, I'd say a, probably a healthy one though, like of, of keep chasing that feeling of like, oh, that was so good, you know? I mean, I think it's like with everything in life, isn't it? It's healthy to, a, there's a line. There, there, there's definitely a line where it is healthy because we're always kind of chasing it. But I think you have to have that healthy perspective of the never ending chase. Because I think when it gets problematic is when comics start to put all their happiness in the end game and then they think that it's something that they could just beat and so now between here and there they're just not going to be that happy and then when they get there it's not going to feel the way that they thought it was going to feel and then it's going to be over and then you don't know what to do next and then you got to deal with that because that's that's actually what happened to me after i did my dry bar I went through a little bit of depression afterwards because I was just like, I've been chasing this. Like I've always wanted to do a set that was widely distributed in some capacity, whatever that means. You know, I grew up on the comedy central presents and dry bars kind of become that, you know, the same amount of people roughly watched that or watching dry bar now. And so, yeah, this is about that. 
And I always romanticized it. And it was a great feeling to shoot it. It was a great experience. And then seeing it come out was great. But then you just you felt like something was off a little like, well, yeah, I know this is great, but I don't know. Like maybe I thought you just thought you when you think for so long about one thing, it, it can never live up to that expectation. It's impossible. And so, yeah. And, and I talked to a lot of other comics who had done stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You get a little, little funky afterwards, but you shake it off once you get back into the swing of things and start writing the new stuff. And then you start looking forward to the next one. It gets better. Yeah. I find that like the, the happiness and stuff, it, I'm happiest when I'm, you know, performing comedy. It's a lot of the ancillary things the things around it are the ones that make me miserable and whenever I start getting really unhappy I go oh it's because you're looking at social media too much it's because you're comparing yourself you're doing all these other things Mm -hmm. and I think I know I think if I just center back to writing and performing you will be fine you know but once I start getting all crazy and oh I need to do all this other, oh, I need a new picture or I need a logo. Oh, I need all right. this. It's like, is that doing stand-up? Like, no. No, not at all. And and <laughs> and the comparisons will kill you, man. It'll drive you insane. Uh, that's my one of my favorite quotes. Comparison is mankind's greatest insult. Ooh, who said that? I think that's a Buddhist quote, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, comparison is man. And, and, and I keep that one in my back pocket and remind myself almost daily because yeah. it's so easy. We're so quick to compare. And then like, you know, it's comics, comedy competitions. You know, I've done them, you know, I've won a few, I've lost a few. Yeah. It, they're stupid. It's pointless. Like we said, you're never going to get the same look twice. So it's weird. I might've got it tonight, but change one thing about this yeah. dynamic of this show and someone else totally could have got it. So it's not a normal show. Like people come up to you after and go, you were my favorite. You're like, it's not yeah. a competition. Like it's not a competition. It's dummy. You're allowed to like all of us or more than one or a few, you know, it's, it's totally allowed. And it's just like, we're all so unique as humans. Like we've all got a unique little stank on our standup. You know, I try and come from an experience of growing up in a, a very poor town uh, that was very racially diverse. And so really digging into that aspect of life and everything so i bring a lot of my perspective from the struggle and 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 what's happening and and where we're kind of how we got here and how we could pivot other ways out of the struggle you know so so that's my perspective and everybody else is going to have their own thing and but you're also going to have your own way that you do it and it's going to be so it's weird that we get into this comparison thing because comedy is at its best when we're all helping each other. That's when it's working the best. You know, we're helping each other. Oh, yeah, I'll recommend you that room. You're doing great. Hey, here's a tag. That's, that joke's great. Here, try this, do that. You know, we we love writing tags for other comics all the time. You know, that's, that's a lot of fun. So, yeah, man, just the whole process of doing more for each other and getting out of the competition mindset where there's not enough work. So it's got to be a competition. It's like, that's not true. There's plenty of work. We can make it happen together. So that makes me think of one of the best, I think, environments for helping each other and just kind of vibing that way is festivals. And that's where yes. I first met you was at the 2019 Slow Comedy Festival in San Luis Obispo. Yes, that's right. But I didn't really talk to you then. I think I was very intimidated by you. So I was like, oh, <laughs> and Heather was there at that one too. That's where I met Heather. Yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, but it did give me kind of the, like the next time we ran into each other, like a big pine. Um, it, you, yeah, it was big pine, you know, to yeah. be like, hey, it's me, Mary from, you know, and then it's like, you have a foundation. So, you know, yeah. I've kind of been learning too. like, if you're nervous or scared about talking to somebody, like just talk to them because the, the opportunity is going to be gone. And then it's going to be weird if you're trying to like Facebook friend them later. It's like, what? But, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Always tease the opportunity to talk to people. And I suck at it too. Honestly, I'm, that's why it, having Heather at that festival and everything is so crucial. Cause she's always like giving me the little nudge. She's like, you need to go talk to her right now. Go. go. <laughs> and she did that like four times with me awesome. at big awesome. pine, like after the meet and greets and stuff happened, she's like, okay, they're done. Why, why aren't you in a line? Why are you still here? Go like, so yeah, it's, it's, it's weird when you, especially at festivals to like, Oh, how do I like approach? But you can, you just keep reminding yourself, this is what we're all here for. We're all here yeah. to talk to each other and network and get to and know each other. That one in particular, um, one thing I loved about slow was this range of comics because there were some badass comics there in a good yes. way. Like there was like professionals mm -hmm. and and then all the, and then I kind of think not to be too self-deprecating and then all the way to me who was like really new but I felt just as cool just as right in the middle um, with all these people um, as it, it was the most inclusive thing I felt, you know, and that was yes. really nice. And that's what's scary. I'm not just being a girl in comedy, but also just, you know, being slightly newer and, you know, are these people going to talk to me or whatever? So. Well, it's hard being a woman in comedy, man. It's don't, don't sleep on that. You got the, the deck stacked against you constantly. It's, it's um, rough. I learned, I learned my lesson there. Don't ever, uh, I, I booked my flight home for Sunday and I didn't realize there was a, like a best of fest show. And I'll never know if I was supposed to be in that show. Like I, like, oh, I, I was waiting as long as I could because I had to go to the airport to just maybe yep. like see. And when mm -hmm. I told one of the producers, he did shoot a look at the other producer, and I'm like, was I gonna be in that show? No. Like, um, that's a good tip: is is make sure you understand the parameters of a festival before you book your freaking ticket. Yeah, know all the ins and outs and 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 how long it's going to be and everything. But I mean, you, sometimes stuff comes up because I remember at uh, the NoHo Comedy Festival that I did, um, and that was also 2019. I had like a cruise booked. I had a cruise booked for the back half. So I was only able to do like two or three days for the NoHo Festival. And then I had to dip. I'm sorry, Miles, I keep interrupting you. I was going, wait, were you at NoHo? Because I did NoHo yeah. in here also, but... I think I missed the Thursday and I came in on Friday. Yeah. So then I think we only like shared that day together and then I was gone the next day. By the way, that one was so fun too. And I remember yeah. Jack would pick us up in his, in his minivan that mm -hmm. he just bought his wife. And I remember laughing with the other comedians and like I said something and everybody laughed and I was like, I'm in, I'm in the group, you know, and that is the best feeling. And then that's where I'll like, when I have that confidence, then I can really perform my best because you feel, you feel funny, you feel good, you know? So those, I mean, those were great festivals. Um, 2019 oh, yeah. was so much fun. 2019 was a blast. I think on uh, by design, right? It's like life knew uh, what was around the corner. It was like, <laughs> oh, 2019. Oh yeah, get turned. Do it all. Yeah, do like four or five festivals. Yeah, oh, make yeah. them all. Smoke <laughs> joints, pass them around. Yeah, really share them, you know? Just all the lips. Do it, man, because it's coming. <laughs> like I think I did seven festivals in 2019. 
God, I think I did like four or something. Yeah, it's that was it was a busy year. 2019, yeah, 2019, I think was my busiest year ever. I it, it, it's actually this what this has taught me is um do it, you know, take the opportunity. Like, even if uh there was a small festival I went to at the beginning of 2020, I was like, should I pay to go to this fest? You know, should I pay for a flight? Should I I don't know. I, there's so much more to the year. And yeah. there wasn't anything else to the year. And exactly. I was like, thank goodness I went. Like, you got to just seize the opportunity or, you know, make that decision. So Absolutely. Do it while you can. Miles, this is so much fun. I love talking about comedy with you. Oh, yeah. We're um, going for hours. But you had some wings uh, that you enjoyed for yes. this episode. If we were in person, we probably would have enjoyed wings. And then we would have talked about it. But this is how we do it um, now, which is great. So tell me about the wings that you chose. Like, what did you do? And, and tell me a little bit about those. Well, it was, it was because you had said, you know, if the, if you could pick wings that kind of suit your personality and I was like, well, there's kind of a wing that I have a close connection with, not on purpose really. And those are Hooters wings. (laughs) Uh, I, I have had a very weird uh, connection with Hooters wings since I was 16. I want to say, I, yeah, I believe I was 16 and me and all of my friends, we, it was how many, one, two, five of us. Yeah. Cause we all crammed into my friend's car that I drove and I had to drive cause I was the only one that had a license. So we're just all 16, 15 ish, like somewhere in that neighborhood and we road tripped up to like Sacramento in, in Northern California to go to Hooters because we're like, yeah, that seems like what we should do. We could, if, if we could drive anywhere, where are we going? Hooters, duh, titties. That's that's what's the the sixteen year old mind of a boy is is concerned about. So we went to Hooters, all amped, and we finally got there, and it was fun. There was like a fight on, and we watched it, but. We were just such awkward little boys, oh. just silent, just like afraid <laughs> to look at anything, eyes glued to the TV the whole time. And then just it was so funny. And then we got lost on the way back. We got oh. lost because our friend uh, printed out. It was like the map quest days. So like you would print out directions places. Yeah. Yeah. But our friend printed out directions from MSN.com right exactly yeah yeah who does that and why and so he printed out msn.com directions and uh to this day we blame us getting terribly lost on that we got lost and saw and we were driving on a dirt road and there was like one of those construction signs that had a message on it and it said drive to stay alive and we're like "Ah!" we thought we were in a horror movie man it was wild we stopped for we stopped for gas and we ran into a Nazi uh, that was filling up next to us. And so, yeah, it was it was a wild night all in the name of boobs. Uh, but now anytime I say Hooters, I kind of feel that little nostalgia. Just, oh, and so I, I got Hooters wings and oh, they're still they're still not very good. They're still not the best. So- it hasn't changed. Yeah, what what flavor? Like, how did you order your wings this time at Hooters? Oh, I, I, I this time it was a more of an online order that I picked up, and so I'm just <laughs> I'm like I'm still, and it's weird. I'm like masked up, and I'm like thank you, miss, and I'm like running out the door. So not that 
nothing's changed <laughs> still terrified of the hooters women apparently um but i got like uh i got like a very hot one though so i felt like that balanced it out in lieu of me like very manly picking these wings up is it a buffalo hot it was a buffalo hot, a traditional like extra, not like the regular standard hot, but like the give me okay. some kick, you know, yeah. like I got that one. So one thing I've only done one Hooters episode, which is great of this podcast, but and I and I went to, to eat them with my friend who was the guest. OK, um, but one thing about Hooters that I like and don't like is that they bread their wings. Their wings mm. are breaded. Like I know yeah. they're options. Did you get those breaded wings? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, um, I think that's unique. It's tasty, but you can really only eat so many when you do it that way, I think, or you start feeling kind of sick with all that breading, or at least I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Cause it, it, it depends. Sometimes they're like the breading is closed down. And so it's not a lot, but then you get some that are kind of clumpy and everything. So I don't know. I usually don't mess with it. If it just seems like it's got too much breading on it. Cause I don't like that. Cause then it's just, right. you're getting more fried than actual chicken wing. And I'm exactly. like, no, nah, man, I want the wing. Yeah. And that's why Hooters isn't really the best choice like for wings. Mm. Uh, but you know, in college or when I was younger, one of my friend's roommates was a sh like a cook at Hooters mm -hmm. and he, it was neat to kind of, he would make wings at the house and it was kind of neat to see how they did it. Yeah. Uh, and I think you could buy the Hooters sauce. I remember at the time on QVC, I'm sure you could buy it anywhere now, but like, it's almost like a thick, almost like a butter consistency <clears throat> of like it is. buffalo sauce. So they fry the shit out of them mm -hmm. and they put a clump of that in there and the, it melts. Mm -hmm. toss it and i and that's a nice way to do things i think but oh yeah i'm not against it absolutely no. i mean it's it's good it's a, it feels like an indulgent food it feels like all right yeah fuck yeah. it we're doing we're doing wings today i always thought it was weird too they have things like oysters on their menu like they have a really strange menu <laughs> they do for a place that's really just like hey isn't that tanked up type like that's that's the whole concept they have a very unusual menu that doesn't make very much sense i didn't get to look too much at it this time i should have gone through and looked more detailed at it so let me ask you know by the way i'm getting an idea for a potential costume and event <laughs> like, oh yeah oh i support that too lip sync battle i'm like this might work out really good I'm, ah. I'm like googling plus size orange shorts right now mm -hmm. <laughs> yes um, <laughs> um, oh, let's get into your wing constitution. Cause I need to know this now. I feel like I'm kind of edging on those, on those questions. So let me yes. see if we can figure out your personality type through wings. Mm -hmm. um, so Miles, do you prefer a drummy or a flat when you eat your wings? I like a, a, a drummy. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy that one. I, it's hard because given the option, I always try and get boneless. I always think it's weird if you have the option of bone or boneless. It's weird that people get the bone. Well, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. And oh, so I am it. sure. Those aren't wings, but sometimes I'm just tired and I just want to eat. Mm -hmm. I just want to eat the chicken and I want mm -hmm. the flavor. But mm -hmm. I think um, some people, they feel strongly about meat on the bone. And yep. then people are like, I'm not a scavenger or I don't know. So it's a very controversial topic. It's yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like the thing you're kind of going for, like the better tasting is on the bone. Yeah. But I would exchange that for the less like, how, what is that? Is that, yeah. I don't know if I could eat that. Like, I don't, I don't like the feeling of when I'm eating something and then having to think, can I eat this? What's on my teeth right now? Or Some should I spit it out? Care. Some people don't care. They, don't and they just, 
Yeah, I, I, I've seen people do that. I got friends that do that, that they'll just put it in and they pull out the bone. And I'm like, you're crazy. You don't know what was attached to that. You got to examine it. No, they don't. And if you don't, so there's another topic we talk about a lot. Do you clean your wing? And, you know, if you don't, then sometimes people shame you and judge you. And some people say like, hey, you know what? I bought this suit. I can eat it how I want. And, uh, but that's what's interesting about wings. There are like so many kind of different ways you know oh uh, i just yeah i've had that fight with people because i don't ever clean my wings yeah. I, I i leave some there's going to be a little bit by the muscle at the top oh, okay uh-huh. i'm i'm yeah. not getting down by like where you hold it like i'm not going too far down there near the edges so yeah and then i get shit from people and they're just like oh man come on there's so much left on that you're just not gonna fit that and i'm just and so i just make it big and about everything else and it's just like do you want to give me shit about how i put my pants on some days i put one leg on at a time sometimes i try both what what is it i don't like wearing underwear you want to give me shit for that is that against the law a little bit of extra breeze and breathe breathability and i'm a psychopath what else do you want to judge me for and so i just make it uh, painfully uncomfortable yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anytime somebody tries to give me shit, I just throw all the different types of shit into their face and just overload it to where it's uncomfortable if they try to defend themselves. Um, I bet that's a defense mechanism you learn like in school, I imagine. Like that, that's that's some deep rooted defer. De- yes. Oh, deep seated bullying that I had to defend myself from growing up all the time and then my family too we would give each other shit all the time so it was like i would have to defend myself talking shit to like my parents and my sisters and then like i'm talking shit to the neighborhood kids and then i'm at school and they're talking shit to me there and so it was just constant all the time i would just have to learn how to do it and later i turned it into like dealing with hecklers and everything Ah. yeah the good news is if you throw it back at somebody, I think most of the time they're going to back off because it's, they're testing your, you know, how much shit can I give this person? It's like, Oh, oops, don't poke that bear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. See, there's, there's some deep like implications here. Okay. So you like a drummy next question. Yes. Do you yes. Do ranch or blue cheese, neither or both. I mean, I prefer ranch, but I will mess with a blue cheese. But it okay. kind of depends on the blue cheese because some blue cheese is straight like, oh, yeah, this is blue cheese. But other blue cheeses, I'm like, I think this ranch just isn't good anymore. And you just called it blue cheese. Expired ranch. <laughs> right. Expired ranch is blue cheese for like a week or two. Do you eat the carrots and celery or veggies, no veggies or both? I, oh, yeah, I always eat the carrots and celery. Yes absolutely that's the veggies that's that's the part that's the equalizer as i was told by a crazy man when i worked at target as a teenager that i worked with he was like oh yeah you eat a couple of veggies it's like you didn't have the burger and i'm like i don't think i don't think that's right he's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's how science i'm like mm, you can't just say that okay so these are kind of like your ideal state um if you know just pick one that seems ideal to you but it's okay. not you have to use every time but do you prefer a dry wing or like a sauced wing? Dry rub or sauced? I prefer uh, a, a dry that you can dip. I, I prefer dipping because then I, I like dipping because it's on my terms. You know, I mean, sometimes some people can over sauce or under sauce. And, and I'm like, nah, I just want like this bite. 
right here and it's going to be less messy then because i can then control like where i'm holding it and then the dipping i could get around i, I don't like getting too messy when i'm eating wings so yeah i, I prefer control. to dip. like i see we're seeing more of your personality here it's like i need to have control i like that because you can try other flavors too like i always want to try all the flavors exactly you can definitely you can diversify all along the way <laughs> so do you prefer a wing that is fried baked grilled or smoked um smoked yeah i like the taste of a a, a nice smoked wing yeah <laughs> and i always feel like there's there's handled more care right i don't know what about like a sense of somebody smoking a wing like on a barbecue feels like no, this was made special this wasn't just like here's some money give me some wings it's like your buddy yeah. exactly so yeah i like i like the sentiment of a smoked wing yeah and lastly how many wings can you eat what would your number be Oh yeah. Oh, you get me on the right day. No, I could put them away. I, I've had some pretty legendary cheat days in my lifetime. So yeah, I could probably put away like 30 or 40 wings if I wanted to. Oh dang. So if we, if we were doing like a contest or something, yeah. I could go crazy. Was it 40 then? Yeah. So then your wing constitution, you are a DRVD S40. So I don't really know what this means, but I like to say that like if you are a drummy, you know, your, your partner is a flat would be a good, you know, we'll ask Heather when she comes on. Oh like, yeah. What is she like? But, um, you know, I think the, the dip, you know, talk, it really kind of showed a lot of the control that you like to have. Anyways, that's the yeah. way constitution. Thank you, Miles Weber for that. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like you've had a lot of good wings, like things good happened over wings. You know what I mean? For you yeah it has hasn't it yeah there i have had many uh many uh, a thing with wings so you started out like you were telling us you're a northern california person but you recently moved to las vegas yes but how tell us a little bit about like why did you move to vegas and how's it going it seems like a lot of people are moving to vegas which is kind of cool everyone and their mom is moving to vegas it's pretty wild to watch so oh yeah it's 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 cool because it's a lot of people i know and then some new people but everybody's like good so the scene is pretty quality uh so yeah absolutely it's been dope uh we decided to move to vegas in an afternoon in an hour it was literally uh because you know my wife heather she uh uh, works with athletes training them and doing their nutrition and and rehabilitation and all that fun stuff and so she was going we were living in sacramento she was going through her spam email like on a fluke just no no she never goes through her spam just decided one day to go through her spam and uh there was a, a thing about for a, a a ufc um internship internship at the ufc Institute out here because that's this is where the Performance Institute is for the UFC. Uh, and so she's like, Oh, I kind of want to apply. That's like what I want to do. And so I was like, I mean, you could apply, but she's like, But then we'd have to move to Vegas. And so I was like, All right, well, get a piece of paper. And so we sat down and we just pros and conned it. And we talked about it for like an hour. And then we're like, All right, we're moving to Vegas. So apply, let's figure it out. And then boom, just picked up moved she didn't end up getting the internship but very shortly after like a few months after we moved uh here she was able to get some connections with some major people in the industry and so she's been working with them for a while now uh so yeah it worked out but i mean for comedy it's great too there's a lot of clubs here uh there's a lot of work here 
There's a lot of comics here. It's more centrally located than California. So it's easier to travel out of. It's cheap to travel out of as well because everybody wants you to come to Vegas. Yeah. So the incentive is always cheap flights to get you here so you could spend money. So it's great to travel out of. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I think it's great. You know, the summers are unbearable, but we just stay inside and right. alter your schedule a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. When it's open, when, it, when it's open, it's great. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, you're going to probably have to get Heather in here soon because I, I really like, I love this story. And what I really take from it or pull from it is like the support of like, Hey, this is what you want to do. I mean, it sounds like that's, <laughs> that's what being married is about. <laughs> like is, you know, but that obviously yeah. benefits for you too, but it's like, Hey, I, it sounds like you're like, let's do it. I support you if this is what you want. Oh, yeah, we're excruciatingly supportive of each other. You yeah, because we're we're both uh, we're both go getters. You know, she's really the biggest go getter in in the field that she's chosen. She works really hard. Uh, we have the same values in our field. You know, we just want to be better today than we were yesterday, and we want to make sure everybody's cool. Like, you know, you're working and you're working, and let's work with each other. And let's how I do this really good, you do this really good. How can we use that? Like, let's. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's. Hi, here she's coming in right now. Oh. Oh, you're, you're celebratory. Yeah. She's having a celebratory glass of wine. Cause she just uh, did a, a weight cut with the fighter and oh. he just had his fight and he won. Heather Weber. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to see you. How are you? I'm good. Fantastic. It's been a great day. Oh yeah. She's having a dynamite day. It's been a stressful week, but she's having a good day. Fantastic. Um, Heather, um, thank you for joining us because of I course. think you know, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about wings, we're talking about comedy, but really like in the podcast is about like, you know, what are my goals and how you do things? And I, I just, it would be remiss if, if we didn't talk about like, you're, when we talk about Miles and, and, and the stuff that you guys do, like you can see your partnership and how you guys push each other. And we were just talking about it. Um, and it is wonderful. I think that's what everybody <laughs> wants, you know? And, um, I don't know. I don't even know if I have a question here, Heather, but uh, <laughs> we were talking about like how, why we moved to Vegas and mm -hmm. everything. And she was like, oh, you're very supportive yeah. of each other. And so, yeah, I was telling her how we're very supportive of each other, you know, but you she took an interest in comedy mm -hmm. the second we got together. Yeah. I mean, before ago. we even put a title on it, yeah. I was fascinated with comedy. I think uh, a week or two after we were doing whatever we were doing, um, <laughs> he uh, he asked me, he just hit me up. He's like, super random. You want to go to Idaho with me? And we lived in California at the time. I was like, I got nothing going on. <laughs> I had just moved back from Washington. And so I was like, yeah, I didn't expect it. her to say yes, because <laughs> it's a crazy thing. Like we have been friends for three years. And so but we were kind of just starting to talk and like mess around and like, all right, this is fun. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, you want it? It was like the day before I had to, we had to leave. Right. Day before. I'm like, yeah, you want to go to Idaho for the weekend? I got gigs at this like nice resort and we can it's like a 12 hour drive, but it'll be fun. And she's like, yeah, totally. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh, and so she was down to go. And in that car ride, 12 hours, she just turned her body to me and just asked me everything about stand up absolutely everything she's like how why when where who everything she and just 
she just downloaded all of the information I had. Yeah, and he had, I think it was a show a night for two nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like kind of just sat and watched the first one and then asked questions afterwards and then learned by the second night how to read a room and figure out what was hot, what was cold. And so, yeah. Okay. So I'm okay. There's so much here, but first, (laughs) what a great way to like get to know somebody and for that person to eventually be your spouse, because I, the way I see it, like if you can stand a 12 hour car ride and then a weekend doing shows, um, you know, like there's something there. I mean, what Mm -hmm. a great way to like get to know people. Um, so that's fantastic. But where did that come from, Heather? Like your, your curiosity, like I imagine with your work and what you do, it's, it's almost like you can replace maybe comedy into that of like engineering it to Mm -hmm. be successful or what are the, you know, if you're trying to help somebody cut weight, there are steps they have to take and then Mm -hmm. results. I imagine you could probably do that with comedy at this point. Is that, yeah? I mean, I I like puzzles. Um, like literally and figuratively. <laughs> that's what I told her earlier stand ups like a puzzle different yeah. puzzle every time so so yeah, I, I love puzzles um I mean that's and but I know a lot about fitness and that is all I really knew about like as far as anything um so learning how to make somebody laugh tags you know the rule of threes everything that went with comedy I was like oh this is fascinating and just once I learned that there's a science behind something I'm just like, yeah, I'm all in. Once I figure out the how it operates, I'm all about it. Yeah. And I, I like that because there, I mean, there are controllables in comedy. Of course, there's that magic dust too that like, you know, like, I don't know why that worked or whatever, but for the most part, and I think it's good advice for anybody of like, control what you can control or do those mm-hmm. things, you're more likely to lead to success. But um, that's a smart, you've got a great team there. I mean, I'm, I'm very jealous. Um, <laughs> I also- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, she helps me write. Like we write together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the for the driver. I I love. Yeah, I love writing. I love. uh, I don't give comics a lot of tags uh, because I've been turned down. She gives them. Uh, She gives them to me, and I give them to the comics. And then they work, and then he gives me the credit. And then I tell them, I'm like, they're like, oh, that that tag you gave me works great. I'm like, oh, my wife came up with that so i'll tell her thanks and i noticed at the end of your special you heather has a, a writing credit in there that's i do oh yeah that one and then uh he came out with a special with chelsea bierce uh, our best friend yeah and so i got a writing credit in that too so- oh my gosh that's fantastic and i think it's one thing i, I bet you there's a lot of you know, comedian spouses who do a lot of work, but they don't get any of the credit. Or, well, I know Jim uh, Gaffigan and his wife write together and he credits her all the time as well. So yeah. I think what Jay Moore gave his wife a credit or on, on his album, I think even after they divorced or something. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating. I really love this because it's kind of like what, I mean, I know everybody's situation is different, but what a great partnership to like, let's work on our goals you know mm-hmm. let's move forward and kind of hustle together like you can't really lose when you do that yeah I don't know it, it's been great and I think it was cool um this last year where our roles reversed yes and so we like were able to support each other in that with the role reversal where I was on the road more doing my job and he was home holding down the fort so it was also just good like wearing the other shoes so to speak and just like learning a new appreciation for what the other was doing yeah i think that's a very important thing in a relationship if you have the opportunity to kind of take on what the other person's doing in any capacity 
uh, for an extended period of time, like longer than you're comfortable with, uh, I think it's going to strengthen your relationship because I, it, her going all the time and just laying back with the dogs, I was like, oh, this sucks. And I do this to you. I've been doing this to you for like eight years now. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, redo, redo it all. <laughs> and so, and so, and then she's gone traveling and she's like, dude, this is rough. Like, I mean, just the ins and outs of getting from A to B and getting acclimated to a new place that you might be unfamiliar with and then new people and, and it's the fast pace and all that. And so she's like, this is rough. And it's, it's hard to find that connect when both of you are doing those things. So having that role reversal, I think was a very crucial thing in like strengthening our relationship. Good for you guys. Kudos to you. It took, it took my dad like into his late sixties to realize like, oh crap, my wife's been doing all of this for so many years and now he's retired and he's like, oh, I need to start, you know, like to figure that out so young. But I will say Miles, you were really sad when she was gone because we were doing our bachelorette recap show, which was so much fun. Um, and you could tell, I'm sorry, but you could tell you were like just bummed, and it was, it was very sweet. Oh yeah. Well, because that's when I thought that she was going to be gone for eight weeks. And so we've, we've the longest we've been apart from each other. Like we've been apart from each other a lot, obviously because of the coming and going, but I always try and make sure we're not like apart for a chunk of time. Consecutively, I think like six weeks. Um, like five or six weeks. No, it was like it was like three weeks. Mm-mm. It was Not like on your th- Washington tour and all the way. Yeah, but there. you you had come up and seen That's me. So yeah. t- I'm talking time like we haven't yeah. seen each other. That's true. Before it was like three weeks that we hadn't seen each other, and so for her to be gone for like, all right, I'm gonna be gone for eight weeks. It's like, oh no, this is really terrible. And so yeah, that and that was like, I think we recorded that the day after she left. <laughs> and I was not doing it. It was like, ain't no sunshine. Yes. God. Uh, no, it is very sweet. And as somebody who is like chronically single and always, you know, I joke about that and stuff. So when you see it, it's like, no, this is a good example of like the partnership I want when I, and, and don't, and for me, I'm telling myself like, don't settle for anything less mm-hmm. than somebody who's willing to move for your opportunity or you know, switch roles and do that. I mean, that's when yeah. you see that it can exist, then it can exist. But up until yeah. now, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and we, we've done the moving thing for each other a couple times. So yeah. um, our first year of being together, we moved to LA for him for comedy. Um, I ended up getting a job down there, which was great, but essentially it was for him for comedy. Mm-hmm. And we were only dating for six months. Yeah. Uh, and we just, decided probably in a day <laughs> that we were just going to LA we're so. very impulsive people no that's awesome when you know you know you know and here's the other thing you could always move back or you can always you know that's a nice we thing. did like you, yeah you don't have to like it doesn't have to be permanent um mm-hmm. so I love that thank you guys yeah. so much speaking of your home life your pugs have gotten very famous um tell me a little bit about them what are they doing what's their favorite color what? all of it right yeah. Uh, yeah we got taz and scrappy mm-hmm. taz is seven and a half he'll be eight in august he'll be eight in august and then scrappy is nine months old nine months right old. scrappy's nine months yeah. old so oh, taz wow. is a pug boxer mix and he is three-legged and scrappy is a pug chihuahua mix four-legged mm-hmm. a pug chihuahua what do we call that like a 
a chug. A chug. It's a chug because a pugawawa <laughs> sounds not okay. Uh, but yeah, so Taz was uh, purchased yes. for me to have a friend while he was on the road when we were in LA. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it, it was uh, literally, I think we got engaged October 8th. Weird that I remember that. Um, and then like a week later, we got Taz. Yep. So it was like move to LA, a couple months later, get engaged, and then a week later, get a dog. Puppy. Did you have to get married because you had gotten the dog and you didn't want him to be illegitimate? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it doesn't. Well, I know why they're getting married because they got a dog. <laughs> uh, shotgun. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we, uh, we've gotten both of our dogs on Craigslist. Yeah. Um, and just random. I think we'd look for like a day or two and then whatever pops up. And so we met this guy at a park. Yeah, only one of the dogs had a defect. And uh, he he was the last uh, puppy and pulled him out of the car. And I was like, yep, I asked no questions. Yep. Uh, we were told he was a full pug. He's not. He's not. Uh, but when they're puppies, you can't tell. No, yeah. absolutely not. So, because he didn't have the underbite or anything yet. Yeah. So it was just the squished face and cuteness. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, he uh, would start limping when he walked, but not when he ran. And so we took him in and the vet was like, oh, he might be bow legged. Let's wait. Uh, and so we waited uh, and then we took him back and they're like, oh, we should do an x-ray. And they did an x-ray on his leg and uh, it was fractured in one spot, broken in another spot. There's a he, piece missing. There, yeah, there was a piece missing. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up hitting it so bad that he closed the growth plates on it. Whoa. So uh, he was born with a birth defect. We found out where his elbow grew him backwards. So, uh, oh, so it wasn't from, I mean, it's okay. So it was a birth defect. It wasn't like he was abused or anything before you got him. No, 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 I just think like with the elbow backwards, it was just more susceptible to being broken. And so our bed was really high at the time. And so I think just he's fearless. And so uh, I ended up texting the guy we got him from and I was like, hey, not mad. Uh, Just thought I'd let you know there's a birth defect. And they said you probably shouldn't breed those dogs Mm -hmm. again. Never got a response. (laughs) So well, we that's nice that you've, you've given him a, such a good home and he's got some fame and nor- notoriety now. Yeah. Like, this is your special, right? It's Pug Life? Yeah, Pug Life. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I held him up at the yeah, end. He's, she, the, oh, he's yeah. the first dog on Dry Bar. Yeah, that yeah, first so dog great. on Dry Bar. You know I watched That's how you know people watched it to the end. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to be honest, I couldn't watch too many specials, especially leading into doing mine. I did watch yours. Um, mm-hmm. We talked and stuff. But I, I was like, okay, you know, I know Miles, I can watch this, but anything else, I, I would have lost my mind, actually, probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I probably won't be right until it comes out, if it's fine. <laughs> like, I've just been like, ah. So like I said, I'm trying to forget about it for a while, but who knows? They did say they have some processes in place to, they're trying to bring him out quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that'll be interesting. Um, so yeah. Yours will be out fairly quick. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, I'll take mm-hmm. you on. <laughs> You're a lady. Yours is going to be cut. They they need as much diversity right now. They need not me right now. Like <laughs> no one needs the straight white guy. Yeah. So they're think, banging you know out what? diversity. I think aware straight white guys who 
are advocates and like really great people, I think we definitely need them. So, um, so we're out there. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Hey, real quick. I I just mentioned our bachelorette recaps. Tell us a little bit about your, what is your weird obsessions with the bachelor? You guys have seen, you guys are obsessed with this show as a couple. Like when did that start? Like, how did you break it to each other that you actually both love this show and started it's our friend uh Jared's fault. Yes. Uh so one of our friends was live tweeting uh Bachelor Bachelorette, whatever was happening at the time. Yes. And I was living for his live tweets. Yes. It wasn't watching it, but I was like, whatever is going on in this show, I am fascinated. And I think it was the last episode. So there was no point in me like hopping on. And I kind of liked not watching it with it. Um But so I told him, I was like, okay, when the next season comes on, we're going to watch it and then we can talk to Jared about it and we can live tweet it together and all this stuff. And I was super stoked about it. And our friend Jared stops watching it. He hasn't watched a season. (laughs) He hasn't watched it. He just picked up the torch. We did. You guys listen to the podcast. You guys um, are on all the extra shows watching those. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I feel like Jared, because when we all got back together and started doing the recaps um, for Claire Tasha's season of Bachelorette, and then we just did Matt James's season of The Bachelor. But I, I'm stopped watching because of what happened on at least this last one of like, they're not even together. That was the most depressing finale I've ever seen. I'm very happy Tasha and Zach are still together, but who knows how long that's going to last. Mm-hmm. um they are very cute. well and then uh claire and uh claire and dale, dale are back together, are back together. Uh, yeah. we need like a weekly thing just for all the tea though because i was reading like stuff this morning on matt james and what he's been up to and i'm just like i could do a whole episode on just this what's yeah. he doing right now? so <laughs> uh what words can we say on this podcast anything you want Perfect. Okay, so he's a fuckboy. Uh, fuck that's what we uh, discovered today. So apparently he's been FaceTiming with Rachel every week since AFR. The only time he didn't was the week of AFR. So they've been FaceTiming every week. And he just flew her out to New York to stay with him. And I guess he's been like, I still think about us. I still have faith in us, da, 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 da. And essentially just being like, I just had to not say that to the public. Yeah. Because he didn't want backlash. 100%. So so he flies her out there and they take pictures of it because they're out in public. And all of a sudden this chick pops up. If you don't follow Reality Steve, follow Reality Steve because he's where I get all of my information. And so this chick reaches out to him, I guess, or they do an interview. And I guess they were her, her and Matt James were talking before the show started. And he asked her to go on the show because they had a thing going. Well, I guess Matt James text her two days before for them to get together in Miami. And she turned it down. Two days later, he flies Rachel out. So Rachel gets her hopes up just for him to be like, oh, this is strictly platonic. That's fuckboy behavior right there, is it not? Yes. And I have so many thoughts and feelings about this because one, the way I'm not saying the way he talked to her, 
on the after the rose ceremony, you know, you could tell he just was doing what he needed to do so America wouldn't hate him and it was the right thing to do, sure. But you know what I'm realizing as I've gotten older and I and I'm working on a new joke right now. I don't know if it'll work about just men are trash sometimes because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like all of the problematic stuff. He wants that, you know, like he is attracted to her. He sees that as a, you know, whatever. And it, nothing is going to really uh, get in that way. It doesn't matter. Hence, mm-hmm. come out to New York and see me. Oh, another, oh wait, but yet then there's another girl, you know, like, oh, and I almost feel bad for Rachel. Like, obviously, I'm, I don't know. It's so, it's a mess. I mean, like emotionally, yeah, I kind of feel for her because like if a guy flies me out to New York after FaceTiming me for what, it's been like six weeks now, like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to think you're flying me out to like, we're going to start over again. So just to take me out to dinner to tell me things are platonic, but yeah. I'm staying the weekend with you. Yeah, that's not cool. Um, that's another a component of this joke I'm thinking about is like, I was thinking like uh, Marriott and Southwest need to have like an insurance policy, like do not travel for a guy. Cause then you get out there and you're stuck. Like how many times have my, my friends, even myself included, like called me crying from a bathroom in a hotel because, you know, it is not going well. And you're like, I'm stuck here all the fancy hotels like the high-end ones they need to get together and they need to be the ones that are just like you can't come here with just like like whatever you're saying so that way you can only go to like motel six right like you can only go to like the the high-end hotels are going to be like we don't want your money absolutely not and yeah of course (laughs) i know that but i'm saying for like the sake of her not doing the dude for sure it's needs it needs to feel as dirty as it is she stayed i don't know if she stayed with him and tyler i don't i don't know if they got a hotel but i don't know you know it just dawned on me they're probably staying in way nicer places than i (laughs) well they got that that influencer money now yeah well yeah or maybe the guy gets the extra room like hey when this doesn't work out you can just send her down a couple floors and and Mm. like anyway Oh well, yeah, I mean he's hit celebrity status. He was just at uh, the last uh, UFC pay per view, even oh. though they're not allowing you know an audience. They still had like a couple celebrities, like Travis Barker or something was there. Oh yeah, Travis Barker and uh, the Kardashian. And so dating. they were like going. The celebrities are here, and it was like Travis Barker, the Matt James with like a hood and a beanie on. I'm like, oh, he's so. There's only thirty people in this building. People are gonna recognize you. By his ankles, um, mm. skinny legs. Anyway, how his eye contact, huh? His eye contact. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> He's just watching the fight going. I oh, like yeah. that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing. But I also think with like our whole the uh, the sum up like our whole obsession with like the Bachelor and all that stuff. I just think we have like a bunch of trashy shows that we agree to watch together. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of them in a series. But I, I'm spoiled because I'll just turn one on. I won't ask. Like the other day he was, I think, writing jokes or something for a show he does. And I was just like, oh, when I found a show on Netflix, I'm like, this looks fun. And I just turned it on while he was writing. And then like, I think one or two episodes he like finished writing and he was like, what's this? And so I filled him in on the concept and now we're ridiculously hooked. And now we're obsessed with that. 
it's the glue that just keeps everything together like you that you got shows together you know you got the pugs together or hate, hating the same people yeah. together kind of brings you together yeah yeah we got that bond we we, we got common enemies right relationship like. goals right there well heather and miles weber thank you so much i've had the best time talking to you we could probably go on and on and on, and on forever and if you want to hear more you can check out um, our bachelor recaps on uh, yes. Drift Network, which we're a part which, of. So this is going to be a full year because Katie season starts in June. Bachelor in Paradise starts in August. Finally. And then uh, in like September or October, Michelle? right? Yeah, Michelle's I think September, October. Yeah, Michelle yeah. starts. I bet you Matt will come back on Michelle's season as like a. I don't think Michelle's gonna stay single long enough. Like she's just been posting all these pictures, and like I already knew she was gorgeous, but like she just keeps posting, she's and now she has a little bit, you know, a hundred thousand followers or more, and so because he was like you really don't think so she's been this gorgeous forever i'm like yeah but she hasn't been this gorgeous with this much of a following forever right. so. I, she's had a glow up even from that season you know, mm-hmm. I, you know so, um, so i'd is- be surprised if she's single long enough she's, to make it she's season. just gonna if anybody she meets in the wild that she gives a damn about she's gonna just forward them to the bachelor she's gonna be like hey put him on like kick somebody off, put him on. I I just hope she comes in with thirty or however many they have, and yeah, just like I got like, thirty for you. I handpicked these ones. These are just in my DMs. Here, Here you go. go. I made your job easy. Mm-hmm. Well, also with her family, like any guy would be so lucky to marry into her family. They're so nice, and they play basketball together, and they're just like sweet people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been a joy. Tell us, Webers, where can we follow you? What would you like people to do next? Uh, I'm at Miles Weber Joker on all the social media stuff. And then milesweber.com is my website. So you can see my tour dates there because things are starting to open back up. So I'm starting to book things back up. And then we're uh, mine is bodies underscore by underscore Heather. So Bodies by Heather and website is bodiesbyheather.net. So I do virtual training, nutrition plans, and massage, not virtually. Yeah, no, no virtual massage. It's in person. Which I can advocate for as I had a Bodies by Heather massage and it was fantastic. Yay. Boom. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time on Wings of Friends. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.